Blog Talk Radio. Not salsa, not flamenco, my brother. Do you know? Not to. What is not to? Polam got to Dumulo, a pot like it's a dookie, not to polet up, Madatara Lopotara, dookie, not to get to the polet of Gordica, Samuzating at the Marlis, to be on a Kurabumpu, not to Yerajan, not Hello, sexy witches, everyone, and gentlemen, and sexy witches, and everyone out there in television land. Um, this is Sexy Witch Head Honkstress here. I don't know if you listened to our last episode. Probably not, because like six people do. And thank you, six people. We, we really love you out there. But um, I said the one thing I wanted to see this year was not to not to win best song and it to be performed live. And... Gosh darn it, boy, was did I get to see that last weekend. I just want to say we have a lot to talk about, so we're going to go right into this shit. First of all, not to not to one, RRR. But before that, we're going to save it for a tad bit, half an hour. Bear with us, because we got a lot to talk about the Oscars, and we're all very excited to talk about it tonight. It's one of the few times where all of us agreed that the movie deserved to win, yes, uh, so, uh, you know, awesome. But first, let me bring on my sexy witches. Down in South Carolina, South Carolina, no, in Southern California, I have two sexy witches. First of all, my sexy witch co-host that originally resided in the Pacific Northwest and then eventually went to Nevada and did some stuff there. And now it's down in L.A. doing their thing. Please welcome to the show, The Enchantress of Nevermore. Raven Jasper Hawk. Thank you. You're on with the Sexy Witches. What's up? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey, I actually like the Oscars this year. I what? know, right? That's all. <laughs> we got a lot to talk about. I'm, I'm so relieved. Yeah. Even, even our jaded cult exploitation fans in our group watched the Oscars and enjoyed them this year. Yes. So, Who would that uh, be? Hmm, I, I wonder can't which one imagine. Ah, so... But, but, but before we get there, let me talk to um, the other sexy witch in the South. Um, so also in the uh, Southland of California, in Orange County, not too far from... I mean, they're practically fucking neighbors now, right? Uh, so true. please welcome to the trope, my partner in crime, our kindred spirit, my once cousin and always a cousin in my heart. Please welcome to the show, the Warlock of Orange Aww. County. Aaron Kogan, how you doing, sir? Welcome. You're on with the Sexy Witches. I am doing well. I too really enjoyed the Oscars and have been looking forward to talking to y'all. And um, your other Southern California uh, Sexy Witch and I actually have a, a planned in in Meat Space event yet again. Not oh, just yeah. cyberspace, but yeah, we're doing shit, That's... yo. Ah, yeah, yeah. It's funny because when I first did the show, we were scattered all over the place, like the, mm-hmm. the correspondents. Now there's still four correspondents, and we are in two locations, but we are in the heart of all media. So let me bring yeah. on my, my third sexy witch. When he's not doing his own podcast, Sell Your Soul, he often is the voice of violence in our local indie wrestling scene in this area. Book his ass, motherfuckers. Please welcome to the show the Dirty Southern Sorcerer, 
Nathan Hamilton. Thank you. You're on with the sexy witches. Not do, not do. Hello, everybody. Ladies, gentlemen, everything in between. I guess I would be the jaded one we were speaking of earlier. Yeah. Um, Thank you. But I I was just saying earlier to our uh, head hauntress that this is the first year ever since I started doing any kind of movie media that my number one movie was even nominated for Best Picture, much less one. Right? So I'm excited about that. Yeah, same. Same, dude. Yeah, um, to remind people, if they have not listened, on our top ten lists at our debut of the year, we always, I mean always, um, cool, um, we'll get to that for sure. We always um, (laughs) vote our number one this year. Three of us had number one. Not me, but the other three had number had everything everywhere all at once at number one. I had it at number two, but it was my favorite mainstream film of the year. So uh, you know, so we we you know we're we're, we're very happy film geeks, that's for sure. Uh, so and you know, but first let's talk about other things. Um, Film geeks don't just love the Oscars. Matter of fact, um, there's two votes right now we need to remind people to listen to. I mean, or to listen to, to vote on. Uh, they're both online. One is the Rondo Haddon Awards dropped a, a week and a yep, half yep. ago. Um, so make sure you go and do that for Rondo Hatton's classic horror awards. And they give awards for everything from best movie to best article to best cover of magazine. It gets goes on a deep dive. And you can also uh, vote your monster kids in as a writing categories. Uh, you know, I will, I've always had a dream of just being nominated for the madness on oh, the Rondos, but they would never, ever do it. So, you know, no one notices. But, but um, you know, except for the people that do notice, and I appreciate you playing every fucking year. And we're on year 15. So, and, yeah. and, and, the, and the madness theme is a lock this year. I know what it is. So in about a month, I'll be that announcement. Uh, and you've been so. dropping bread next year, next year, next year, I'm hoping for a Rondo nomination in the best um, commentary track category for the upcoming release of Calamity of Snakes. Uh, everybody, everybody write that in next year on the Rondos. Yeah, I can't okay. wait to listen to that. I pre-ordered that shit. I can't wait for it to come here and um, we'll watch it. Uh, so, yeah, so you, you, uh, get, you get to hear me scream in terror like a little girl. It's great. Yay! Uh, the I other one is, for that. Is, is the Fangoria Chainsaw Awards, which my film I helped produce, uh, The Silas, last year was nominated for Best uh, First Feature, which was awesome. We didn't win. But that's okay. The, the one that won was a very good movie. So uh, I wasn't upset at all who won. Uh, so, but, yeah, so you can vote for both of those things. They are online, uh, the Chainsaw Awards and the Rondos. Rondos you can only do through email. Uh, but, it's like I said, it's a really in-depth ballot, and you can it's got so much going on. And even if you don't know half of it and you only recognize one or two things, that's fine gives you a flavor of reference to go find some of these articles. And some of these guys are great. We love them. People every year on the list. And, and this year was no exception. So, uh, Tangentially but, oh. related, not, uh-huh. not directly a horror, but, you know, tangentially related, you can also still cast your official fan vote you know, for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame uh, class of 2023. And uh, the lady that I have been championing for years – 
uh, isn't doing as well as I would hope she would be doing. But you can still vote for Kate Bush, um, a Tribe Called Quest, Soundgarden. Warren Zevon is doing really well, I'm happy to say. Iron Maiden, Joy Division slash New Order, a bunch of others. But, the uh, Spinners. The, the Spinners. Yeah. Um, and I, it's, it's kind of weird right now, uh, in the current standings, George Michael and Cindy Lauper are one and two. Are they um, still one and which two? I, you know, I love them. I, I love them. So I'm not sad about it, but it's rock and roll. So, uh, I, I think of them as pop really, but that's cool. It's all cool. Uh, yeah, it's George Michael, Cindy Lauper, mm-hmm. Warren Zevon in number three, which I'm very excited about. Iron Maiden yeah. number four, Soundgarden yeah. five, uh, Willie and you know it's only top five, uh, Willie Nelson uh, six, Joy Division slash New Order seven, Kate Bush a perennial eight, can't get her above eight for some god blessed reason, but anyway, if you uh, want you can go to uh, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and it don't cost you nothing and you can vote once a day for Kate Bush who rules, <laughs> and Iron Maiden. And Iron Maiden. And Joy Division slash New Order. So uh, looking, looking at them, I think Iron Maiden and Soundgarden might be the only rock and roll bands on the ballot for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Um, uh, Rage Against the Machine. Okay, yes, yeah, sorry. Rage 2. Yeah, there, there are very few rock and roll bands on the ballot. You are correct. <laughs> well... Getting back to, I mean, this is award season, so with the very end right. of it, Oscars is usually the peak of award season, but you know, we're in the back half now. Uh, but we're starting to watch the stuff that happened this year for this coming year's award seasons. And uh, I'm going to let Raven lead off, but uh, we all almost finished or have finished The Last of Us on HBO Max. And I wanted to know what the sexy witches were thinking about it. Raven, what you were talking about it off air. What do you want to talk about? Oh, well, boy, howdy. Um, that gaping hole that I think everybody had when Game of Thrones ended has been filled. And it's not a replacement. It's just something that happens to fit the same shape. And I love it. It's so beautiful. It's... Uh, I haven't finished the finale yet. I'm probably going to do that tonight. But um, everyone's perfect. Uh, I know they made a mistake, which is kind of funny because Game of Thrones made the same mistake where they accidentally got a Starbucks cup in their shot again. Ah. (laughs) Second HBO Starbucks snafu. Uh, But that should be fixed now. And in that same shot, that same episode, apparently there was uh, a crew a crew member in the shot on a, a wide angle, long view, and uh, they fixed that too. So when I say it's perfect, yeah, they're still humans though, and they still need coffee. I don't know why they're buying Starbucks. Like <laughs> it's LA, there's more than Starbucks. Come on, you can do better. Thank you. But as far as writing goes, as far as um, casting, really the only thing is. Uh, Bella's accent, uh, their natural accent comes through sometimes as far as intonation. So the uh, the American accent isn't very solid there. But I, I forgive them because 
one, they're openly non-binary and really freaking cool. They were a binder for their last, um, for the last of us. And they just don't give a crap about gender. And I think that's really awesome. And um, I'm happy that there's more people normalizing that in big budget things. Um, that's that's uh, the end. Do, 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 do. Sorry, I didn't. I, I wanted to add. I I and and I mean this in the most like endearing way possible. I think Pedro uh, Pascal shits gold bricks. Word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he is You're on wrong. fire right now. I mean. Yeah. He's he's he, he's, he's America's two... daddy. <laughs> oh my god. He is. There there is a meme though. Have you seen the meme? It's him and David Harbour as Hopper on Stranger Things, and they said, who know the distant, aloof father yes. that are uh, taking care of adopted daughters named Elle as a type. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's kind of true. Uh, but, I, like the meme that, I like the meme that says my favorite show is Pedro Pascal wandering around collecting Pokemon and orphans. <laughs> yeah, no, it's seriously. I mean, and he also looks so cute at the Oscars. He had that little suit on with yeah. the little geek glasses. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. uh, it looked on fire. Uh, but yeah, I had, he, ne- he, I had never, I had never really seen anything he'd done like outside of his acting. I'd never, you know, seen an interview with him or something. But he was. Are you guys familiar with Hot Ones? No, it's a it's a show on YouTube where they interview celebrities as they eat ten progressively hotter wings. <laughs> oh right, and, right, yeah, yeah. Oh. And he and he was the guest on this last one, and dude comes across as the most likable dude on earth on that show. Uh, that doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah, I, I've seen a lot of it, like his the TikTok compilations with him, and he's. He genuinely seems to be having so much fun during interviews. He's just, he's a big kid, and hes he just seems like a really awesome person. It really helps when you're watching stuff, when the person seems likable off screen as well. Here, here. See, I, uh, this, may, this may be Harris because I know some people have enjoyed the show very much, more than I did, but The Last of Us, it got by solely on the like almost supernatural likability of the two main characters. I think that's a big hmm. portion of it. Yeah, yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, I I feel like we've seen the okay, world goes to shit, post-apocalyptic. Hey, look how shitty people are thing before. I sure. felt like I've seen that before. I feel like I've seen a TV show like that with appearing and disappearing American accents before. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. So, so I was. You're I, not wrong. You're not I wrong. didn't. I didn't dislike it at all. I just thought. I thought it was kind of mid, except for those two have amazing on-screen chemistry, and yeah, they are both absolutely fantastic in that show. Yeah, I I would give a thumbs up for the cinematography, the art direction, and um, also the editing is really impressive to me. That first episode, I just wanted something to like eat my lunch to. I wasn't even planning on watching the whole thing. And then I got, oh, there I go, sucked in. They they really did it in an engrossing way. And FML, if Nick Offerman doesn't get an Emmy, because mm. oh. boy, oh. howdy, what a range. Yeah. Absolutely. 
that episode it, that that was one of the best one off episodes of of the year mm-hmm. so far. Um, yes. I love Nick. I, I love Nick Offerman, anyways. Uh, a lot, right? You know, uh, it, it, you know he 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 is the he is proof that you can be a good person and be Christian and actually be a Christian and not an asshole using the word of Christianity yep, to right. do your bullshit. And I appreciate that a lot. I'm not so he has integrity and he's a good actor and he's funny and he married Megan Mullally. Which is a mm-hmm. great decision. All these things. Yeah. Right? Yes. I love, love her. So, so much. So if he wins an Emmy, that would be awesome. Uh, I'm going, yeah. going, going on Facebook the day after that episode aired because I wasn't watching them. In order. Oh, I, you know, had not watched them. <laughs> and, and, and I and like person after person after person just posting about Nick Offerman and making them cry. And I'm like, what the fuck happened? And then <laughs> I saw the episode and I completely understood. Yeah. There is a Bill and Frank uh, enamel pin, limited edition 200, that's going to be on sale at WonderCon, and I, I'd be surprised if it lasts till Sunday. I'm sure it'll just be snapped awesome. up like that. Yeah, that's if you have a business or you make anything, making those characters into whatever you create is gonna up your sales for right now. Like, do it now. <laughs> Seriously, I, sell that shit. I, on a related note, I just started a battle jacket, so I need enamel pins. So, you know, yeah, I'm going to send some my way, so I would appreciate it. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I think um, I actually it, have something for you that I've been holding on to. I need to send that to you. Okay, keep going. Hi. Sorry. Well, I have a new address. I'll have to give it to you. Uh, yeah, because yeah, I am. I'm doing it at the new headquarters uh, studio quick and quack productions. So, uh, cool. <laughs> uh, oh, we need new cards then. Now, no spoilers, please, because I haven't seen it and I totally intend to watch it, but moving in my, my real life has been getting in a way of my movie watching. Um, you said you saw History of the World Part 2, the new TV series oh, yes. on Amazon, right? Hulu. It's on Hulu, yes. Or Hulu. There's eight okay. episodes. Ooh, do tell. Okay, so... Yes, I will. I will keep it secret. Anything that should be. <laughs> <laughs> so, we do have Mel Brooks. He is an executive producer. He does intros to every episode. So they did two groups of four. Uh, one one weekend they dropped four episodes. The next weekend they dropped four. They already announced season two, and there's already a, a trailer for season two at the end of season one. That may be the most Mel Brooks thing I've ever heard. Yes. (laughs) It is very Mel Brooks, but it's blended. And it's blended with the comedy of Wanda Sykes and Nick Kroll. Oh, Nick Kroll, he's a really strong writer. He's not as strong of an actor as he is with his voices, like on Big Mouth. And a lot of the Mm. people that were um, either side characters on Big Mouth or have appeared with any regularity are also in History of the World. Uh, so that's kind of, it's kind of cool, but it's hard to see the through line to Mel Brooks sometimes. And um, there's a lot of music. There's a lot of pay attention to the background because there's six jokes happening visually in the background, just like every Mel Brooks. The references 
to other Mel Brooks works are there in every episode. They're a little too mainstream. Like I didn't really notice anything deeper than some of some really obvious Mel Brooks walk this way or didn't your mole hmm. used to be on this side kind of thing. So those are there. It's cute, but I think they could have gone deeper with the Mel Brooks references. I wish he was on screen, at least in one sketch, but he really seems to literally be phoning it in so he can do the narration. Uh. I don't think he was on set much. And in that aspect, it feels much more like a Nick Kroll and Wanda Sykes collaboration Mm. with Mel Brooks as the bank. And that's not a bad thing. I'd say much like The Last of Us, episode three is the strongest we have for the season. It fizzles a little bit. I don't know if it was the strongest point to end a season, but the guests are great. The songs are great. And the sketches are done um, as really like non sequiturs. So if you go over to a friend's house and they're four episodes in, go ahead and jump in. You can catch up and it will still make sense because everything's so out of order anyway, and there aren't many through lines. There's a couple, but overall there's a lot of unrelated um, sketches and they, I think they use Wanda really well. Um, Nick, Nick falls into some of his previous care, excuse me, characters instead of, opening up to, to kind of newer things. Like one of his voices is absolutely Coach Steve from Big Mouth. <laughs> like no no difference at all. So it would have been oh. cool to see him because his range is so big to use a voice that we haven't heard yet or a character we haven't seen yet. So if you're already a fan of him, some of it might be a little familiar. Uh, but overall, I think it's really solid. I'm happy. Like I'm ready for season two. It's a quick binge. Um, not everything is perfect, but it's the same with Mel Brooks. Like, not all this stuff is perfect, too. Not everything can be young Frankenstein. He's had some crappy stuff, so it really is uh, kind yeah. of a range. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I'd I say it's mm-hmm. worth it. It's worth uh, a Hulu. If you don't have Hulu, it's only four ninety nine a month. So, like, just get it for that. It would be worth it and then cancel, you know, but there's plenty else on there. I would recommend as well. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I used to dislike my Hulu account, but I don't think I can live without it now. So, right. <laughs> mm. um, I'm just so, glad to see Mel Brooks doing anything really. Cause it's, yes. Isn't he like a hundred or close true. to it? He had an autobiography recently. I mean, that dude, like, him doing anything like that at his age is amazing. He is 96. 96. I knew he was damn near yeah. a century, but yeah. Yeah, like so it's a very good point. It's not very likely that he could handle a schedule where call time is 7 in the morning and you're there till 9 p.m., right? It's not going to happen <laughs> for a 96-year-old. So I, I absolutely understand why they did it the way they did. I just... I just love Mel Brooks, and it would be great if we could have more of him uh, in in a sketch instead of just Freddy Kruegering it, like in the Nightmare on Elm Street series. Yeah. <laughs> He's, like, not part of it. He's just part of it. <laughs> now I really need to see him play Freddy Krueger. That would be great. I'm in for it. All in. 
Oh God, uh, it's Mel Brooks. So he'd be a moil, wouldn't he? Oh, I don't. <laughs> I'm not sure. I. I, I'm going to throw out to Nathan here for a few minutes because there's one film that we wanted to review because let's get to some horror in this. Um, one of the hot shit films <laughs> on on Shutter right now is called Spoonful of Sugar, uh, which is about a deranged babysitter that gets in over her head, or does she? And uh, Nathan, you wanted to talk about that. Yeah, um, this movie was it was really it's a very bizarre play. It is a very bizarre play. I, all I knew was it said something about a babysitter with a dark secret and LSD. And I'm like, okay, this sounds like some weird <laughs> shit I would dig. And so, like, I think I, I said about halfway through, this is kind of like what would happen if the Soskas directed a David Lynch script. Ooh. Huh. <laughs> like, it's... It, it visually, it's beautiful. There's... Like, I'm not. I'm trying not to say too much here, and I feel like saying almost yeah. anything would be too much. But it's just a seriously bizarre movie with a lot of very interesting interplay uh, with between some very interesting characters. So yeah, everyone check that out, and I want to hear what everyone thought about it. Yeah, uh, there is a heads up that none of the characters are particularly likable characters. Uh, you should go into that knowing it. I think a little bit, but you know, other than that, yeah, no, definitely. Like, it's it was a weird evening, good weird evening, but a weird evening nonetheless. Yeah. Um. So, um. Yeah, check it out if you want something completely different. Uh, <laughs> so. And what, what I what I like right now is that weird stuff is hitting. Like yeah, we've had is, surprise right? surprise hits of like with. Terrifier 2 and Skinamarink and Smile and Barbarian and like weird horror is popular again, and that makes me happy. Cocaine yeah, Bear that's for fuck's sake. Yeah. Cocaine Bear gave a fucking award away with the director of Cocaine Bear. Oh, that's awesome. uh-huh. I so uh, I was going to throw out to Aaron but since we brought up Cocaine Bear let's talk about it. Have we all seen Cocaine Bear? I have not. I but not. I did watch it being filmed. Oh, okay. Uh, I saw <laughs> Cocaine Bear, and uh, Nathan, I believe, also saw Cocaine Bear. We saw Cocaine Bear. You believe uh, I was there? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> were you? Hard to oh. Say. <laughs> oh, I don't know. It was it was cocaine around. I mean, a lot of fucking cocaine. Um, it, cocaine Bear, my review, It's it's a good, fun film. Like, I enjoyed it. Um, the CGI sometimes, I think, took away from it a little bit, but not enough because it's not really shot like a horror film. It's more shot like a comedy because, uh, you know, it's Elizabeth Banks behind the wheel, and her last films were the Pitch Perfect movies, right? So, like, this is complete departure for her, though she doesn't hold back from the gore, and I really appreciated that. She understands. There's the, She knows her audience. I'll give Elizabeth Banks that, and uh, we had a really fun time, and it was a fun, one of those films you do want to go to the theater and see it with people. We had three or four people in the audience, and they, a couple of them, so there were some old guys on the right that were just making so much noise. It was hysterical. So, what about you, Nathan? What do you think of Cocaine Bear? Um, th- this will tell you where my, my viewing habits are at. 
I think cocaine bear didn't go far enough. <laughs> I I feel like I've it heard pulled that a lot actually. I feel like it pulled its punches. Like it kind of went, you know, kind of went towards where it needed to be, but it didn't quite go full tilt crazy. Like you either you either go full cocaine bear or you do not go full cocaine bear. You don't do like you know the little and. Currently, we have upcoming Meth Gator and Crack Shark already confirmed. Yeah. So I feel like those are kind of going to be almost more what I was expecting from Cocaine Bear. Right. I think you're right. Yeah. Kind no, of an unfair it, title from what I understand. Like, uh, you either want to go respectful of the actual situation or go completely over the top absurdist with it and I am always for the absurdist boat and I think that's even more respectful in a way than trying to emulate oh, you know what that, really happened to this poor guy I, I feel and like one of, one of the elements one of the criticisms that? that one of the criticisms that often gets lobbed at Godzilla movies as the, is that we spend way too much time with the human characters and not enough with the monster and I feel like that is yeah Kinda what happened with cocaine here. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, I I still you know once again it, it might come down to also once again Elizabeth Banks is not a horror director and maybe if this was a more of a horror film than a comedy it would have been even but uh, I it would even farther but there were some literal laugh out loud moments, gory oh, and fun. Um, you know, uh, I, there's also a couple really good child performances in the middle of all this, and Carrie Russell, who's always good in everything she does. Uh, so there, there's there's some really good things about Cocaine Bear. Will it make my top ten at the end of the year? No. Will it make my top twenty? Possibly. Uh, so you know, I, I definitely think it's one of those. Like I said, go see it in the theater with those groups of people because it, it, it's you know, like any film like this, you know, a, you know, you still want to see it with a crowd and watch them hoom and haw and make noise and laugh and it's that kind of a movie. So um, I, yeah. you know. And, and I think people know what it is because, I mean, clearly they were making cocaine bear jokes all through the Oscars, um, so um, which just happened this Sunday. Um, before we get into our the actual list of winners and how we feel about the wins, uh, I wanted to say that the stats that come in on the ratings, and it was triple from last year and the best viewership since the return of the king uh so awesome. uh, it, yeah so it actually after two miserable years in a row the year where they did it in the train station two years ago mm-hmm. which was pretty but weird and then last year yeah. when they cut half of the awards fuck those guys yeah, that was um you know uh to see that it kind of rebound the, you know, the old school inner, inner Hollywood film geek child of mine is smiled to know that it did it did better than it usually does. And that made me happy. Uh, was it a perfect ceremony? Eh, not really. No, it, yeah. it, I actually thought Jim, Jimmy Kimmel was kind of mid um, through most yeah. of it. Um, At best. You know, a couple of times he made some funny jokes, but, you know, was there a, a, I wasn't expecting there to be another like, holy shit slap 
you know, I wasn't expecting that, and it didn't happen mm-hmm. anyways. Um, the the musical performances were good. The wins were fun. The speeches were very good, I believe. Um, <laughs> most of them were. Erin, uh, I didn't throw out to you about what you were watching, so why don't you go ahead and lead off on how you felt about the ceremony and what you were watching on, on Sunday. Izzy, you're on mute, sir. I threw out to air. Did you hear that? <laughs> yes. I threw out to fucking air. Where the fuck is Aaron? Oh, my God. He's gone. He's gone. I don't know. Okay, he went to go so. watch cocaine there. <laughs> oh, oh, well, you know what? He must have accidentally dropped and hold on. I got it. Okay. Yeah. All are right. You, there we go. There you are. Hello. Yeah. Yes, I thought you saw that, but no, I wasn't on mute. Um, yeah, no, I, I'm agreeing with uh, everything y'all are saying as far as Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, he had a couple little tiny itsy bitsy barbs and uh, uh, the occasional very mild political thing, but otherwise it was it was pretty middle of the road. Um, but uh, Natalie and I did everything up pretty old fashioned. We opened a bottle of. 2018 Tattinger and uh, made a giant cheese plate and nibblies. That's kind of how we do Oscars around here. And um, everything moved uh, along really nicely. Um, adding the categories that they'd taken out didn't affect time very much. They they ended pretty close. Um, it was kind of extraordinary for all the firsts we got uh, as far as uh, wins go. And uh, yeah, I'm 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 happy with the course we're going. Uh, I saw a lot of people talking about how it was a predictable Academy Awards, but even for that, I don't think we should short sell how it was game changing in a number of ways. The first win of the night went uh, to Guillermo del Toro and team for their Pinocchio, and it was an animated feature very, very unlike the Disney and Shreks and everything else that normally win. Uh, It's not per se a children's movie. Uh, It's uh, definitely a more adult animated film that can be enjoyed by children, but uh, I was really pleased overall. I I still feel very disturbed by that movie. That movie freaked me out. I don't get get freaked out very often, but Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio freaked me out a little bit. Um, (laughs) But congratulations to your friend, James, who should be on the show tonight. Uh, But I wish he was here because we would be congratulating him on his win. uh, (laughs) Yeah, we have an Oscar winner on the line. Uh, not on the phone line tonight, but on the email line, and we're just organizing when he can come talk to us. But yeah, this will be our, I believe, our first Academy Award winner as a guest. Yeah, that'll right be on. awesome. Yeah, and yeah. and for a really really interesting film to be a winner on. Yeah, so that is awesome. Here, here. Absolutely. Congratulations, James. We we're very proud of you. Yay! Um, <laughs> All right, so um, so okay, so we all kind of agree about the ceremony. Uh, real quick, fashion, 
yay or nay this year. Everyone said everyone looked like they were draped with doilies, except for Michelle uh, <laughs> Yao, who looked like she was going to win an Oscar. And Michelle is beautiful. I really didn't see anyone who was like where I was going, what the hell are you wearing? Like everyone, <laughs> everyone looked fine to me. I think we had an almost fall down from a too long dress. Well, that's right. Uh, yeah, that, that was hilarious. Uh, and then I was like, maybe not that dress. Uh, so, <laughs> but other than that, <laughs> Selma Hayek in that red sparkly thing. Mm. I, I want that dress oh. so bad. She looks she amazing. amazing. And I, I don't know. She Jeez. looks like a time traveler. Like she was older <laughs> than me when I saw Dogma, and somehow she, or, like, uh, <laughs> fear. Oh my gosh, why do I want to say fear and loathing? The vampire one. From Dust Till uh, From Dust Till Thank Dawn. you, From Dust Till Dawn. Um, she was older than me when I saw that, and now I'm watching the Oscars, and I'm like, why does she look younger than me? <laughs> she bathes she, she in virgin blood or something. Yes. She really is Santanico Pandemonium. You know that, right? Yeah. They, yeah. They, they, that was just typecasting. Okay, okay, that tracks. I like how Selma <laughs> Hayek and, and Antonio Banderas walked on stage together and I uh-huh. was like oh too sexy it's just too sexy so and they, they still rock the stage like they still like take up the entire room it's kind of cool that way um, musical performances were good I got my not to not to performance I was very pleased with that um, so uh I, I don't know why Lady Gaga was so fucking serious. I mean, she was like really serious with singing that song. Oh, she said it was very personal for her and her I little know. intro for it. I know, and she got yeah. Really one, it was weird. You know I've never. Oh, go ahead, people. Go ahead. No, go ahead, Ray. I was going to say, yeah, you, you go. Floor. Okay. <laughs> um, I've never seen an Oscar performance with an introduction by the performer before. Yeah. That was new for me. When we see Lady Gaga in the audience prior to that, she is decked out with like beautiful Cruella swan, like black swan makeup. Mm-hmm. And then when she goes to perform, she's got a black t-shirt, jeans, and no makeup. Like not even a natural look makeup. She obviously had wet wet naps on her face. Yeah. That's just her skin. She looked amazing. But I do think for both hers and David Burnset, there was a monitor issue because she took out her earpiece about halfway through. And it did sound like uh-huh. uh, Hefany Shu and David Byrne couldn't hear each other for part of it. Mm-hmm. So um, I think I, that lends itself to some kind of technical thing. It, it did sound a little disjointed on the Everything Everywhere All at Once song. Yeah. Um, and not in an say- on-purpose way, but they fixed it. I was going to say that um, I did not particularly care for uh, Lady Gaga's song in the film. Um, I especially yeah. it, it suffers by comparison to "Take My Breath Away." Take my breath but away, yeah. I actually like the stripped-down version she did for the Academy Awards show. I agree with you. I thought that the song was really trying to be a pop hit, but yeah. it was like round pegs square hole kind of thing. Yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, this made a lot more sense and I've kind of wished it would have been like that on the soundtrack 
here, here. in the film, it would have been more meaningful. It just sounded yep. like uh, for your consideration, it may as well have been <laughs> flashing for your consideration on the screen at the time. Well, I'm really glad that Not To Not To won, not because I just love the song and the movie is silly. I'm glad that, because the rest of those songs pretty much almost sounded the same, though. Like Lady Gaga, Single they're Woman, all ballads, Singing yeah. on a Stage. They they're were all white ballads. <laughs> all, I mean, even, yeah, they're just like Single Woman on Stage, more, Lamenting. Those were those <laughs> songs, right? And, and then you had Not To Not To, which is full of energy and vigor. <laughs> And production value, you know, it's why, I, and it also well, is not over the over the credits either, which all those songs right. are over the credits, right? Uh, right. You know, and it, this song is actually part of the movie. You can't have the movie without the sequence. So, yeah. um, I, and so that's, that's why historically, uh, that follows history as well. When there's best song, it's usually the one that has the most choreography at the Oscars is going to be locked for the win. Not always. Sometimes it's mm-hmm. just, you know, uh, I can't think of her name right now. I keep wanting to say Kate Bush, but that's not it. But sometimes <laughs> it's a lady with a guitar. Uh, and that's pretty rare. But most of the time, whatever's kind of like how you say with sound, whatever's the loudest is going to win. You're right again. Yeah. <laughs> whatever's well, but, the loudest know, as far as will... choreography is going to win too. But you have to admit, Jimmy Kimmel, the one joke that did land was not to not to wean people off the stage. And I was that actually, was that was the one thing I thought was funny. And I was a little disappointed that he didn't actually follow through with it. No, <laughs> I really wanted that. Speaking of, that is speaking the way of, to do it. Speaking of getting people off the stage, there were a couple of super brutal music cutoffs. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man, I there were a couple of them that I just, I just like you just saw the person crumble that they didn't get the. Sorry, your buddy took all the yeah. time. Like there were a couple no, of really the, brutal ones. I hate how they do that. They set it up poorly when there's a group of people and more than one person could potentially speak. As soon as the first person steps away, if that second person isn't like laugh overlapping that guy's last sentence, yeah. the orchestra is gonna go. And it seems like they would have figured out a better way to do that. Because there's a couple times the camera zooming out, the orchestra is going, the second person is just at the mic trying to talk and there's no sound coming out. Mm-hmm. So they're just like yelling to the front row, thanks, and waving their Oscar. And I just think like, yeah, don't worry about it. I'll just do my speech next time I'm up here. Like, they just, hmm. <laughs> it's not going to happen probably. Give them a second. Yeah. Or, or figure out a better way to do that. You know, here, here. Hate it. it. You know, and and it's always like the like one of the foreign film guys win. He got mm-hmm. like he oh, got spammed yeah. because he was slow because he was trying to speak in English. Not cool. Yeah. They've done and they've done that before. That is not the first right. time that they've cut off the international winner. And especially because often international winners are also more collaborative and there will be more than one person. Right. um, Mm -hmm. So uh, I, I, but that's a general, I would say that is an overall criticism I have of the Oscar ceremony, not just specifically this one. And I've actually seen worse ones this year. There was only the two that I thought were really rude. Um, so yeah, and Nathan I and I both yeah so I, I that's how I feel about it Nathan 
is really it wasn't that bad this year. They, they, there was actually some amazingly good speeches all around. So and Quan so, short round and Harrison Ford met again. That was awesome. Mm-hmm. Short, round, up, short round seriously like straight up choked me up for a sec there. Me too. Yeah, yeah. I I was not expecting to cry at all because I haven't cried at the what? Oscars since like Hook came out. <laughs> 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 yeah, as soon as Quan got up there, I was screaming in my bedroom with my hands in the air and I could not stop smiling for about an hour after that and just having him on the stage and having like his personal redemption moment like it there's a lot of people when they win they say I was going to quit this was going to be my last audition but when I think of people in the industry I think about how many last auditions they've had and it's a lot so it may not always necessarily be true, but because of how he was treated and how Asians and Asian Americans are othered in Hollywood, they're told they're yeah. not box office, they're told they're old, they're told they're, they don't work with the theme or they'll make the, you know, the set look weird. We can't have an Asian aunt in Texas. That would never happen, you know, like it really that's the other gut punch. One is so great. And the thing that's awful that it is that it took till now for this to happen. And it's embarrassing. Yeah. But it happened finally. Um, But there was a lot of firsts. We had, you know, the first Asian American woman to win um, best actress was Michelle. Yeah. She's not Asian American. She's Asian. She's Asian. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, she was born in Malaysia. That's right, she was born in Malaysia. That was my bad. I came out wrong. Um, But we also had the. I was actually mixing two up because it was also the first time someone has won to an African American person, and she is African American. (laughs) It won an Oscar twice for costumes, and it was for both times for the Black Panther movie. So yeah, I love her. That was the first. Quan was the first. Uh, who else was? There was a lot of like first time stuff going on. Uh, well, Aaron, you had you had a running Jamie, list going. Go ahead, go ahead, Raven. Jamie Lee, uh, oh yeah, her win was amazing because um, Tony Curtis and Janet Lee never won an Oscar, and they're some of the biggest names in Hollywood you know he was nominated for the defiant ones and Janet Lee was nominated for psycho and I think uh, Curtis lost to Alec Guinness for um, bridge on the river Kwai and then mm-hmm. Janet Lee lost to Haley Mills for Pollyanna which I think is hilarious that that was yeah. a supporting actress role because the movie is called Pollyanna how is that a supporting actress one best actress and Janet Lee should have won Best Supporting for that year. But that's not how it worked out. And so I think Jamie Lee was always just considering herself, she's probably not going to get one. If my parents are, like, some of the greatest actors in Hollywood and they never got one, how would I? And, you know, and this is her first she, nomination. Right, her first nomination. And, like, uh, even though one... being a Nepo baby probably helped her get the gig in Halloween, Um I think that she's done a lot of work 
for you know as much as one can do in Hollywood. I it, she's done. That was one of those Oscar wins that kind of feels like an unofficial lifetime achievement award. Yeah, oh, yeah, I agree with that. Absolutely, I agree with that. Cause it's not my favorite of hers. I don't think it's her strongest role, um, but I oh. thought she was strong in it. Yeah. Um, I was. She was nominated before that. Never nominated before. Not even for a fish called Wanda. No. I think so. But then the Academy always looks down the snows at comedy. Yeah, but Kevin Klein won that year for a fish called. Wanda. He did. That's, You're absolutely right. That's why I was. I was thinking that she. But that would be the only other film I would think yeah. that she would even had a shot. Wanda at was not her. nominated. She, no. she was nominated for a BAFTA for a fish called Wanda. And she was not. She won a BAFTA for Best Actress in a Supporting Role for Trading Places. But that's it. Everything else is Emmys and Golden Globes nominations and, uh, and wins. I but loved how she gave a shout out to uh, genre fans, her genre fans, mm-hmm. and said, yes. "That's us. This is we won an Oscar. We won an Oscar. That was a great yeah. speech. Yeah. Speaking of which." I really liked how many of the speeches on this show really drove home the fact of how many people it takes to make a movie and how it's yeah. not this yeah. isn't just me. This was a huge team of people. I, yeah. like, that seemed to be a point that, that a everyone just thing. really hammered home, and I'm really glad that that message yeah. was put out there as strongly as it was. Right. I think that's going to help, especially now that we're starting to get more diverse winners, we're going to start to get more diverse voters and these are the people who it's going to make a difference for to to bring in things like best stuntman best casting director oh God, I hope stuff so. like that so uh I yeah really fingers do. crossed that this opens the doors not only for more diversity and inclusion of um different kinds of actors from all walks of life but the same for the people that have already been doing this work since hollywood started the Academy on their site has a commercial for the Academy for movies. Yes. And the whole thing is about a stunt performer. They actually had like, that. They aired that during the Oscars and in, in my, on the cable one I watched. That commercial what was the, in the Oscars. When are like, we going <laughs> to recognize stunt artists and performers? Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. You can't do. Uh, there is a stunt awards. There, there's a, uh, a separate stunt guild awards that are very prestigious. If you win one of those awards, yes. but, yeah. But the academy should recognize. The academy should rec- recognize stunt coordinator. That that is yes. that is the type of job that the academy should be recognizing. I keep saying this over and over again. And if it ex- yes. already, if that ex- Oscars exists. Kane Hodder would be an Oscar winner already. Uh, yeah. And. and, and that is to this day. There's um, there's people that should have honorary Oscars. We'll have to go back and give them one. I mean, I would they even gave one be to happy. I would yeah. be happy if they even just gave a stunt coordinator. If it, let's say they don't have time to put it into the main ceremony, that's fine. Put it on the damn yeah. science award because yeah. they they have flexibility anyways. Because you can go back in time and give Grant Page his honorary Oscar. For How a stunt coordinator, you know, you know, so yeah, you know, there's things like that going on, but uh, you know, um, 
what's his name? Gene uh, LaBelle. He'd get an Jean honorary LaBelle. Oscar. Damn right. He would get an honorary Oscar. You know, Bruce Lee would get an honorary right. Oscar. You know, that would be, to me, that would be fine. Oh, yeah. I would be happy with that, Everything but else. it should exist. It should exist. Um, so, and I mean, we, you know, not to pile on the Academy, but this year's Best Picture was very reliant on stunt artists. Mm-hmm. I it mean, was. You know, it was. It absolutely I mean, was. I don't want to beat a dead horse here, but come on, guys. It's it's time. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and my God. And it really was the only logical winner of this patch of movies. And none of the other movies really stood out. Uh, you know. I really let's, don't let's, know let's, how let's, Top Gun got nominated. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to be that guy, but I'm that guy. Okay. I have no earthly idea this. how Let Top Gun Mavericks yeah, got nominated, no, I got it. except I got that it. everyone is. Thing that people yeah. love. <laughs> I got it. I know right. how it was done. How? Let me tell you a little story. <laughs> when I was in high school, we had this thing called the Mayfate Court, and it was much like the homecoming court, only it was in May. And the people that got nominated to the court were always blonde-haired, blue-eyed, straight girls from Lake Oswego, Oregon. I went Mm. down on both lunch breaks to every table, and I said, you know what would be funny is if I was on the Mayfate court, because I had a mohawk and piercings and tattoos (laughs) and dressed in gunny sacks dress and you know, 20 Doc, 20 eyed Doc Martens. Well, lo and behold, the ceremony comes and up I go. I get nominated. Now, of course, <laughs> the person who won happened to be on the committee who counts the votes. Not important. It was hilarious. <laughs> and everyone totally backed it up because they thought it was stupid how everything was always the blonde girl happening. So what I see is a reverse of this where all the tattooed people are nominated and the blonde girl went around to all the lunch tables and said, you know, it'd be funny is if Top Gun was that picture nominated <laughs> and everyone went, yeah, all right. And <laughs> put it in the end. Well, you, Case closed. you know, elaborate because, <laughs> because of the industry townlessness uh, that's built it, baked right in to the Academy Awards. I have heard the argument proffered from a number of different sources that the reason uh, Top Gun was so great is it got people back in the theaters again. And, uh, you know, post-COVID, sense. we really I owe Tom Cruise and Top Gun so Who much. Who said this? So, what's what's that? your source? Who's saying this? Oh, my God. <laughs> I heard it everywhere. I, I heard it uh, on the pages of Variety. I heard yeah. it on NPR, on their uh, freaking local but, uh, news story stuff. But everywhere. it's not true. I, I don't know. I know it made a butt-ton of money uh, when it came out, and everyone was, oh, everyone's back in the theater in all the trades. But that had nothing to do with that. Top Gun. That had to do with the Delta variant dying down. <laughs> it wouldn't have mattered yeah. what movie it was. That's when we could go back in the theater. Yeah, but there was a lot of more than right time. the other stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Shenanigans, if if a Marvel right. movie had been out before then, it probably would have yeah. been a Marvel movie. Yes. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Well, I do have a list of firsts, though, if you want to hear. 
It was also sure. the first science fiction movie wins Best Picture. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Awesome. Um, Guillermo del Toro became the first person to have Oscars for Best Picture, Best Director, and Best Animated Feature. Uh, wow. Natu Natu, as we have said, first Indian film uh, to have a song nominated for and win an Oscar. Uh, Yay. Ruthie Carter, as we mentioned, first black woman to win two Oscars. Kind of freaking cool. Um, uh, the Elephant Whisperers, first Indian produced title to win. That's what I thought. I, I thought there was one. That's I, cute. I, yeah. I, and it's on Netflix if you want to see that short. Yeah. It's adorable. Right yeah. And then, um, of course, the, the other thing that I don't know if you want to talk about it or not, but there's been, uh, I, I don't know, uh, controversy, uh, buzz, whatever. Um, there have been a, a lot of people uh, criticizing the wokeness, God, I hate that word, of mentioning that Michelle Yao was the first uh, person who uh, identifies as Asian to win in a nod to those other performers, like, for example, Merle Oberon, who was nominated, but, you know, because the economy of Hollywood did not identify as Asian, uh, as, as much as Holly would love to talk about their the exotic look. Off the rails. <laughs> you know. Can you summarize that? I, I really lost you. You know, I, oh, I, no. I really yeah, don't. You know. I, I don't care what they're, I haven't read much about that, and I'm dismissing whatever. Those guys can go talk. Yeah. The only, the only like, controversy of that nature that I heard was uh, Jimmy Kimmel in his opening speech called RRR a Bollywood film, and it's not. What? It's, oh, it's yeah. A, yeah so, and so India has been quick to correct Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> so, uh, Good. Uh, he caused an international incident. Whoops. No, huh. that's not a Bollywood film. They don't even speak that language. Uh, yeah, know, people so. there's like nine, langui- nine official languages in India. Yeah, so, um, you know, that, that was, that's, that's pretty funny. Um, there, uh, I'm, let's get back to the actual awards. Now, I, I shouldn't diss on all the Best Picture winner uh, nominees. I just thought it was kind of a weird mixed bag. I still need to see Triangle Sadness and Women Talking. I, I need to see both those uh, movies. I watched Women Talking, and I, like, women can stop talking now. It really <laughs> is. Uh, the title is You Are All Set Up. That's all you need to know. The whole thing is a conversation. Exactly what it says on the pen. Yeah. So uh, you can do like 20 other things at the same time and not lose a second. So it's good for that if you have like laundry to do or something. Oh, my God. Don't only do that. You'll go insane. That is pretty much much what everyone I know who's seen it said. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, I, I sat through the skin of a rink. I can sit through women talking. <laughs> you can do it. I'm not saying <laughs> I, mean, I Seriously, I can. Um, okay, but let's get back to more interesting things. Uh, the, the hottest category of the year was actress in supporting role. And uh, with the Carrie Condon being an early lead as well as Angela Bassett, but in the end, Jamie Lee Curtis won, and and everyone was really excited. And uh, but I still think Stephanie Sue should have won. 
for <laughs> that's how I feel about it. Yeah, but, but then we then we wouldn't have seen her freak out when Jamie Lee won. That was one of my favorite true. moments of the whole night. I will say so about Stephanie Sue. She's the only one that didn't get to go on stage by herself and you know, win an award. She got to go up at the end. And she sang the song, and that was awesome. But, like, she would cry so much when other people would win. She was adorable. They kept cutting to her, and she's like, oh, my God, oh, my God. It was so cute. You know what I'm she's gonna, about? She's going she's gonna to have her day in the sun because her performance oh, yeah. in that movie was amazing. Well, she's good in everything she does. You know, she was also in uh, Marvelous Maisel, which, by the way, gave a release date for its final season. It's coming out soon. Uh, she's in that, it's too. Like it's like we were saying. It's, it's hard to play a di- play multiple different characters in a movie. She played multiple different characters in a scene. <laughs> that's, mm. that's impressive. With costume changes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so... Um, you know, really, really cool. But anyway, but I, I'm 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 happy for Jamie Lee Curtis. I mean, you cannot not be happy for Jamie Lee Curtis, really, right? Yeah. I mean, seriously. Yeah. Um, you know, there's that picture of her that was when she jumped up in the air and someone caught it. And if you see it mm-hmm. online, I tried to find it. I couldn't find it in time for the air. Uh, it's totally cute, and she seems so happy and excited. And so I'm happy for Jamie Lee Curtis. Rock, rock, rock. I'm also happy for Kehu Kwan because he, when I was a kid, short round, and then uh, more importantly, double O negative from uh, Goonies was my jam. Like, I loved his character so much. And here we are. We've already talked about how much this win is, but uh, is is there – I still – the only thing I want to say is I wish Brendan Gleeson was not in this category with them because <laughs> I really, really want Brendan Gleeson to win an Oscar. Like, he, yeah. he, he's one of my favorite – and he, it was his first nomination as well. And um, I love him to death, and I just wish he'd win someday. You know, <laughs> I'd be like there. Um, and we also have to remember, we don't have to go into all the wins, but uh, All Quiet on the Western Front won Best uh, International Feature, and also three other awards. It actually it was the biggest winner behind yeah. uh, um, the Best Picture winner. So uh, I haven't seen the movie yet. I've seen the original. I have. Um, uh, how, how is it? I've seen all four versions, and this one is on par with the original. Um, the yep. cinematography is really good. It is beautiful and one of those movies where you can pause it at any time and it's suddenly the perfect picture. It's a little Kubrickian in that way. I think some people think that it went over the top with violence and gore, and I do not. It is a gore film uh, at heart. Uh, which is one of those things I appreciate about it. It's a hybrid, you know, it's a hybrid gore and war. It's not just war and it's not just gore, but I think they're both represented uh, represented with equal time. And hmm. uh, that might make some people kind of barfy or find it unnecessary. But from the people I've talked to who have been at war, it is not inaccurate. Um, 
it it I I'm glad one of us has seen it. I feel like I'm behind on a few films, and that was definitely one of them. Uh, I think like you'll I said, like I, it. I think you will. Well, and Nathan I, too. I like war films, um, but I'm I, I once again I usually get annoyed by the sound like wins, but you know because Top Gun Maverick won sound. I guess that's a war film. I, I really I thought that that All Quiet was going to win sound. I had them on my pool, but I was wrong. I, I was like, what's going to be louder? What's louder? Uh, but I really actually liked how they did the levels in All Quiet on the Western Front. It's not just, it's not saving private, private Ryan explosions every five seconds. There there are, there's different, there's depth to it. So um, I think they did that really well and they did it better than Top Gun. Well, that's good to know because, uh, you know, what Top Gun, I don't know. Top Gun, I'm not even like, uh, I, I still want to see EO, the the donkey movie. Yeah. yeah. I really, really want to see that movie. Um, yeah, I haven't so. watched it yet, but if you guys want to do a, a screening, I could, um, I could show it in a Zoom room for you. Oh, amazing. Because cool. I have it on Criterion. Now, we've already talked about the elephant whispers, um, so let's jump to documentary feature. I had seen Navali. I actually saw three of the documentary features on this list. I didn't I see Navali yet. I saw yeah. Navalny. I saw House Made of Splinters, and I saw Fire of Love. Um, and mm-hmm. uh, it's funny because Navalny, is, uh, like, cinematically, is the most uninteresting. It, it, it's talking heads sitting behind tables talking but yeah. the story that they're spinning is absolutely wild it's, it's literally like the truth is stranger than fiction this whole thing with the poison and the russians and his yeah. daughter and their housekeeper and it, it's terrifying it's amazing it's a story of triumph i have no issues with it winning but when it comes to cinematography i think fire of love was a better film uh, especially since all the most of the footage comes from the couple themselves who the story is about. And that was the one thing that both myself and um, this, uh, Nathan, uh, when he watched it, uh, commented on, is how beautiful the movie really looks. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's absolutely... Uh, but I am happy with the Navalny win. Um, and I do recommend it. Like I said, the story is, is wild. It's absolutely wild. Um, and it really happened, and it can happen again. Uh, you know, it's funny because I was mentioning, oh, like Nathan's favorite word is defenestration, which is to greatest word in the English language. That means huh. to throw I want somebody. a defenestration point this year, by the way. Thank you. Carry on. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. But defenestration oh, yeah. is, is throwing someone out a window, um, and you know, it's not just—it's basically yeeting someone out a window. Like, you know, I'm going to throw you down. Um, and so, um, Russians usually—that's their mo. You always hear about Russian uh, assassinations. Yeah, some rich. A uh, guy fell out a five-story window, 50-story window, 100-story window. Yep. Uh, but this time, they actually went to an international, like, they went to another country and used the radioactive poison to try to kill their uh, their their, their uh, target. Holy shit. 
<laughs> right? Yeah. I remember when it happened for like when the news was reporting it, and then they like talked about it on this documentary. So CNN is like rocking it because they've won now. Like they've been nominated for a couple of them because like Ruth Bader Ginsburg's movie was. I don't remember if it won or not though. That was also a CNN. I don't film, think but it did. I don't think it did, but but CNN documentaries have been rocking it for the last few years. They've been nominated. I several really enjoy those, and their series too. Their docu series are really good. Tom Hanks did that um, 60s, 1960s series, and it did so well that he did like 70s and 80s. He was the producer of it, and uh, yeah, those are CNN, and they also have like the history of comedy which is a cnn series and it deep dives like a lot of really great comics and the history of how like comedy was growing and building in the different hot spots that it still is today yeah i I highly recommend all cnn documentaries and docuseries they've they've been well, I, and ten you, ten. you also have to include Stanley Tucci's uh, Italy series in there as well. I've seen Who's, that yet, but I've heard great things about oh, it. It's, oh, oh my God, it's 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 awesome. It is, is, it is so good. Um, you know, um, he won an Emmy for a reason. Uh, let's put it yeah. that way. It, it, it's it's so yeah. No, I I, I don't. I it's funny how like different their docu department is compared to the rest of CNN. It's it's incredible. So congratulations, mm-hmm. guys, for Owen. I have looked and, it up, and uh, it says here that CNN's first Oscar was for Navalny, so they probably been nominated before, but this is their first win. Congratulations. So that's cool. No and, doubt. And, 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 and I'm always rooting the documentary features on anyways, and oh, we already talked about an original song, and Animated feature, which we're going to talk, if we get your friend on, um, we're definitely going to yeah. talk in depth about Pinocchio. Yeah. So we, yeah. we'll see yeah, for that. Yeah, he's already got his show, so we got to work around his rehearsal. Yeah, we'll get him. Adapted <laughs> Creepplay went to Women Talking, Raven's favorite movie. Uh, but really, <laughs> there's really, like, how did Top Gun Maverick get an adapted screenplay nomination? <laughs> Someone tell me how that works. Um, um, I just give up. Uh, so, uh, um, so original screenplay, we know who won that. Uh, you know, and uh, Brendan Fraser for the whale. I know there's been some controversy about him winning, um, and also it won makeup. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I don't. I think there's a lot of these controversies are just to have something to talk about. I think that people won't even remember in a year. You know, so I was hearing, hearing was not about him winning. It was about the movie existing because it's marketed as an overweight man who is dying, but it's really about a guy who wasn't overweight, who is now trying to eat himself to death. And a lot of people are finding it fat phobic and uh, triggering, and I don't blame them, um, but I haven't seen it to be able to see if that's really what's going on, you know, like, but even if that's not what's going on, the marketing isn't doing, hasn't been doing very well at clarifying that that's not what it's doing. Well, Uh, you know, 
it is what it is. Uh, <laughs> echoing again. I know. I know why. Hold on. It's better, right? Yeah. 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 See, I know. I, I won't go into it. You know, you sounded um, like an angel for a sec. All right, so we are talking about um, All is Quiet on the Western Front, Sweeps Up, the Tech Awards, winning cinematography and production design. Congratulations. Uh, Makeup goes to the whale, and, of course, costumes went to Wakanda forever. Uh, And uh, I'm actually, like, glad that that's the one it wins, to be honest with you. Uh, I I was kind of lukewarm to all of the new Wakanda movie. Like I said, the first opening could have been a perfect short. The rest of it was kind of just extra. Um, Yeah. So, um, but we know then the big ones, director, actress, and, you know, all the above the line went to, with the exception of the whale, went to uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. Um, Mm Woohoo! I still, Mataka Maverick did win uh, sound. Now, would have been awesome if, if the... If the, who, who was the one that gave away an animated short and they would say, uh, and the winner is My Year of Dicks? Would that have been yes. like, the coolest thing and it didn't happen? But, you know, oh, that would have been amazing. I think it was Quest Love. I really mm-hmm. want to see that the ostrich told me the world is fake and I think I believe it. I've seen that run through my feed and I actually haven't clicked on it yet, so I think I need to watch that. So <laughs> I, I really want to see that. Um, so uh, let's see. The, uh, that's it. you know really that's it. Uh, Avatar won visual effects. I don't know what to even make about that. You know it, it, it's all in a computer. I mean it's gorgeous, I guess. But you know. Uh, I don't think I, I, like. I think the, I think the fact that all the effects are going so computerized is an even bigger argument for why we need to recognize, you know, special accomplishment in practical effects and makeups and stunts and all that kind of shit at the Oscars. So. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I look at the competition and I guess really other than all's quite on the Western front, which is its own thing. Uh, and, most of it. Well, Top Gun has some actual practical data uh, uh, effects. So, but they took they gave it to the yeah. computers. Um, so there was even be an argument for that. But that's uh, that was the Oscars. Uh, is there anything? I, I I didn't go deep dive into the nominees because we already did that um, a couple of episodes back. But um, I I wasn't upset that Kate Blanchett just to sum up. Um, Kate Blanchett lost. I love Kate Blanchett, uh, Blanchett, but um, she already has two Oscars, and I thought it was Michelle's year. So um, Tar, yeah. is, I, I she'll never do wrong, and I it won't hurt her career because she didn't win this Oscar. You know what I'm saying? Right. So she'll be fine. Um, I that. That was the only thing that I really wish I could have seen. I, I really wish um, Stephanie Sue won, but, uh, you know, she got nominated against Jamie Lee Curtis. And at this time, once again, it was really more like, you know, we've been ignoring you for years and you're badass. Here you are. Uh, you know, so I have no issue with that either. 
Uh, you know, it was one of those years where I was happy who was nominated. For the most part, the nominations were solid. and I mean, not necessarily exciting, but solid. And, you know, and the winners were who should have won. And, and that a movie that we all love. I mean, all of us love that movie. Um, there's only been one person I know <laughs> that did not like everything everywhere all at once. And they really didn't like it. To the point oh, they weren't even yeah. going to watch the Oscars. But uh, they're few and far between. Um, I never look at googly eyes the same way again. Uh, you know, uh, never. Uh, so, but I don't have to sum this up. How, overall, like, will we remember this best picture win for a while? Or is it going to fade away and we'll barely remember it next year? I really um, hope that this is the beginning to... Hollywood being open for genre films and diversity and inclusion, and uh, that we have a lot of catching up to do, but this was a very good tip of the iceberg way to start. I I just want balance up and down the ticket. I don't like the 10 Best Picture winner nominees being lumped in together like that. I I wish there was a way they could, instead of doing it with 110, break it up into two fives and have mega budget micro budget or something along those lines. Oh, that would be great. Yeah, then, then that would be more fair. I think you can get more inclusion in that way as well. Uh, because you know the you know the more people on lower budgets, the more diverse the crews, or the more solitary the crew is, and it's even more amazing if the film gets made. Uh, you know, so uh, I, I think that's a, a partial way to fix it, um, and it doesn't really change that much. You know, they're already naming 89 to 10 films. So, uh, but anyway, that's the only idea I had. It's not a great idea. It's not a bad one either. <laughs> so, um, I, like it. I, I do too, and 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 you know I'm I'm a softy. I will always have a a, a soft spot for the Oscars. Uh, you know, I growing up, I you know I was like stars. You know, I I wanted to go to the Oscars. I wanted to go there once. I wanted to dress up and get in the and those leads up in the balcony. I'm completely happy with that. <laughs> No problem whatsoever. Um, and so I, I always try to, I always root it on. You know, I, I, want, I want them to succeed. I really, really do. So uh, the old fogies are, are starting to let go of their power, and a new generation is coming in, but it's still a little bit transitional. But I have a feeling we're going to have a very different um, ampus in a couple of years. It's not going to look anything like we've seen before. Yeah. And, and I think mm. that'll, and hopefully it'll be for the better. And I'm pretty active feel like it might be. So, we're, yeah. yay. Let's start, but they've still, you know, we'll, we'll see. We, we got the Oscars. So, yay. We did an Oscars review. <laughs> now yay. we go on with our lives. And, and oh, awesome. but next year. behind us and start concentrating on 2023 films and cocaine bears and meth crocodiles or whatever the hell is going to happen. Yes. <laughs> Crack um, shark. Uh, is coming out with a film at 82 years old in July. Uh, that was just announced. I mean, the like 
2022 is just a taste because that's the end of the COVID movies. And 2023 uh, is going to be like the return of the bigger budget movies, I have a feeling. Uh, so yeah. people, and I think that might help people go back to the theater. The theater was still down overall. Uh, it's still not quite rebounded yet, but it's getting better. Event films are still bringing people. Fathom Events does well still. Yeah. Uh, and we're go- we're going have- to see Tokyo SOS on Wednesday. Thanks we are, we are. That's right, next week. Um, and then, like, Elmo um, Draft House made a profit last year. Um, so, you know, there, there's still room for, the- for films and theater to exist. It absolutely can. Yeah. So go to your fucking movies, people, please. And, you know, yeah. but you can. You can evolve it into your taste. Like Alamo Draft House has food, you know, <laughs> good food. You know, you can have food. You can have popcorn. Bring back $5 movie nights. I hate what AMC is doing with this whole, like, dynamic pricing bullshit. And, yeah. you know, and, and what's funny is that it's actually not really working because we know we're the only ones in the theaters. The price isn't moving at all. <laughs> you know, it can't. So, you know, there's not enough people in the theater. So I think they're blowing it. But we did go see Revolution yeah, AEW um, uh, pay-per-view at, at, a, yeah. at a theater. But and I want to cool. talk about that for a sec. I, yeah. I think a lot of people don't know that that's an option. Because back in the day, before pay-per-view was a thing, that's how you watched big wrestling matches and big boxing fights and right. things like that. You went and watched it in the theater. And I think that's, that's something AEW has brought back. And you can go see their pay-per-views in theaters. Like last time we went to see one, I mean, the place was pretty full. People were cheering, and it was a cool atmosphere. Right on. This time, it was just us. We had the place to ourselves. But we still got to watch the pay-per-view on a gigantic screen. That's awesome. You know, as opposed to watching it in your living room. And it's, it's a blast. It's a great was- way to watch those shows. So... Next time one romantic. goes up, check out your lo- you know, check out your local listing and see if it's playing somewhere near you. Yeah, I mean that's a good thing. Uh, uh, Aaron, you and Raven are gonna actually have your worlds collide soon, correct? Yeah, on Saturday. Indeed. Looking Friday, forward to that. Saturday? The 18th, Saturday. whatever day that is. Saturday. No, 17th is uh, amateur drinking day, and the 18th we're gonna go see Jesus Christ. Okay. Well, they have two nights. That's why. It's you're going to yeah. drink and Frida is showing Jesus Christ Superstar. It's the movie. Uh-huh. 50th anniversary. But and yeah, we're also going to see Jesus Christ, though. Yeah, Ted Neely is going to be there. The guy that played <laughs> the Pharisee named Annis is going to be there. The, the choreographer director is going to be there. Choreographer is nope. going to be there. And then, choreographer, and yeah. Then a, so, so it sounds so much better when you say we're going to go see Jesus Christ. So, so the day before well, you go see Jesus Christ Superstar, you're going to watch all your trials and tribulations drown in a gentle pool of wine. <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, no, the day it. before is uh, St. Patrick's Day. We're going to see exactly. it drown in Guinness and, and green beer. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Oh, no, no. <laughs> Guinness, Guinness, please. Uh, we're we're yeah, going to... We're going on to a show Friday for St. Patrick's Day. It's 
the Elzig birthday bash and Irish and St. Patrick's Day celebration at the Star Bar. That's the bar that almost got uh, demolished for a, a, a mixed-use development and got saved at the last minute last year we were talking about. Um, Elzig mm-hmm. is, uh, he's, uh, uh, he's an Elzig. Half Danzig, half Elvis. That, yeah, the yeah. Danzig and Misfit covers. It's actually really awesome. So mm. his costume is fantastic. And so we're going to go it's, see he's him. Got, he's got an, an Elvis jumpsuit with the Danzig logo skull and rhinestones on the ah. back. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's nice. pretty fun. And they'll do, like, one of, one of my favorite ones they do, they, they'll do, um, but they'll start with Mother by Danzig, and then, sure. f- like, the medley goes Mother by Danzig, That's All Right Mama by Elvis, and then Mommy Can I Go Out and Kill Tonight by the Misfits. It's perfect. Nice. <laughs> yeah, so we're doing that Friday. Um, this last Saturday, uh, I went, I took uh, Nathan to see They Might Be Giants, uh, and, and it was a sold-out crowd. A huge amount mm-hmm. of people. It was great. They did flood, not in a, in a row. Like they didn't do the set. They but they mixed it into the set, the two sets. But they did almost every song from flood, but one. Uh, that was really cool. Um, so and uh, it was a fun show. So many nerds. So many nerds. So many bald nerds. Like we're old. Uh, <laughs> but you know, it was fun. We had a great time, and the Eastern is a pretty large venue, uh, so it was nice to see uh, so many people turn out to see They Might Be Giants, and the, the rest of the dates are supposedly sold out, too. They're in Charleston this weekend, so, um, you know, they're, they're, they're just killing it on the road right now, uh, so uh, Cure tickets go on sale uh, Friday, and we probably won't get any. Already on sale? Expensive. We've got them for San Diego. Woo-hoo! Oh, well. Well, at, least, at least one I've of I've been waiting so long. Oh, my God. So, well, but I'm glad to hear the Cure is going to have a killer show this summer. Uh, so uh, we have creator tickets, which will be awesome. Um, but the creator, a death angel, and spirit world. Yeah, I mean, it's it going to be a, a metal show. I was gifted a VIP ticket for Mr. Bungle, so I will get to nice. meet my cat. <laughs> nice. I am crapping my pants. I will tell oh you all God. about it. I, I will. Oh, you have to. Absolutely. I, I would. I don't even know what I would do if I got to meet Mike Patton. Like, I worship Yeah, that I've man. been racking my brain of, like, the three words I'll probably him? be able to get out. I know. What, I don't know. I just him? really want to talk to him about – there was this commercial for Nestle's, and it was, like, alpine like alpine skiing in the early 90s, and the song was, Creamy white, dreamy white, Nestle makes the very best, and yes, yeah, yes, yes, right? He covered that at some Venezuelan show for no reason and no explanation, and I've never seen him cover it any other time. So I'll send it to you in our message. Like, what are you doing? Why are you doing it? And I love you. Like, I, I don't know. I just have to ask something about it. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Oh, well, I will live vicariously through you. So what is that? Hmm. That's May 11th. May 11th. Oh, wow. So yeah. there's so much to look forward to. At the Palladium. Our, 
Uh, going back to wrestling for a minute, our friend, uh, the hardcore hillbilly, um, he's been working uh, in XPW, which uh, was a deathmatch company back in the day. I, they can give you the dates better than I can. Yeah, they, uh, they've, they've recently had a resurgence. They were the only deathmatch company in America for a while there, and a lot of a lot of people got introduced to it by them. Them. And They had a um, – actually, they were the subject of a Dark Side of the Ring episode. But, yeah, they were. Um, Yes, they were, but they've they've recently uh, reopened and made a resurgence. And uh, my boy Drew, the hardcore hillbilly, he has been going out there and working. So definitely check out what they're doing. And the reason why we're um, no uh, Raven, no. I I I can hear you. Hmm. I can hear you. Does Harry <laughs> hear you? Okay. Call back if you have an issue. Uh, I think Raven may or may not be there. Yeah. Uh, oh, you're there. Okay, good. Yeah. Hi. Yeah. XPW runs in you guys' neck of the woods. Yeah, see. Oh, oh no, she's gone. Uh, but that's actually why I brought it up, because their next show is actually Newark, New Jersey on March 25th. But the next show after that, April 22nd, is in LA, so Ooh. I was almost saying I'm thinking I might send you to see the XPW show. What do you think, Aaron? Mm. You want to go see exciting. them? Have you ever? You've never been to an actual wrestling death match? No, I have not. Are you ready for some real blood? Can you handle it real blood? Be fun. Yeah. You want to try it? I might. I might. I, 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 have to, I have to. I have to see my budget, but I would treat you to this because oh. I want to make sure you go. <laughs> I, I can't afford two tickets unless Raven wants to go. If Raven I understand. Go, I understand. Uh, um, let's see here. I still haven't sold my house yet. Maybe I'll sell my house and it'll be fine. <laughs> well, let's see how much and when and all that Although, nonsense. And yeah. When that happens, you need to hold up a sign at the show. This is my friend sold her house so I could come to this show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. Although, the, 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 as far as signs go, you know, it's a time-honored tradition to take signs to a wrestling show. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. probably probably my favorite sign I've seen in years was at the last XPW show. We were watching, and there was a guy standing in the front row with a sign that said, "The fries here fucking suck." Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, like, tell it that's like it is, funny. man. XPW is uh, a little on the raunchy side. Uh, like, so be ready for that. Um, my our friend Hardcore cool. Hillbilly plays. Oh, you're gonna love him. He's 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 <laughs> he's. Let's just say, um, the work will make you want to boo him. I I won't. Even, I'm not gonna even tell huh? you when he dies. It, he it, it, oh, oh, he's healed. Yeah. And in your neck of the woods. Oh, he he's a glorious heel. He's a kid though. He is so young. He just uh-huh. turned 21 last year. Uh, so he's just a fucking kid, but he's out there kicking ass and taking names and we feel like proud. And he came over and helped us move this weekend. So thank you, Drew. That wow. was very sweet of you. 
Um, every, let's see. Uh, let's see. Hello, you're on with Sexy Witches. Hi, it's me again because I'm awesome. Oh, well, you are <laughs> Welcome awesome. back. Okay, so what I was telling, what I was telling Erin, I have, I haven't sold my house yet, so I have to look at budget. But um, XPW is having a, um, a show on April twenty second. Um, they're the uh, a revival of a really famous deathmatch company, and I would like you and or Erin to go and see this because um, you guys have Yeah. Be witness, and and whether you like it or not is irrelevant as long as you come back with a reaction. Uh, mm. <laughs> you know, so uh, it'll April be nine, radio. Right? April twenty second. Oh, twenty second. Twenty second. So we have time to figure this out, but okay. Well, well, at least send one of you guys. Are you guys game for this? I will do it for you and no one else on the planet, and I'm never doing it again. So make sure this uh-huh. is the one you want oh, to see. It, it is so not your wheelhouse, Raven, and maybe that <laughs> actually might be glorious. Army of Darkness 30th Anniversary Screening presented what? by Nostalgic Nebula, Free to Cinema the same night. So you, this is what you're asking me to give up. Oh, my God. But well, I would do it for you. You've seen Army of Darkness so many fucking times. So have I. The, the, uh, I've never I, seen it. I understand the individual words you're saying. The order in which you're putting them doesn't really make sense to me. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. What? All right. Well, if, we'll like I said, if you don't want to do it, you don't have to do it. But it is like no, it, no. It, it is a kind of an experience. I can't get you into PWG. I mean, that that would be awesome, and I would love to try to get you into that. That the uh, biggest indie in LA and it, it, it even like when Jack Perry Jungle Boy uh, his dad Luke Perry supposedly couldn't get tickets to see his own son that's what? how big that one yeah, that, that's yeah. how exclusive PWG tickets are uh-huh. damn yeah so um, it, but but this is almost as good so <laughs> a lot more violence. So, uh, but you know, it, someone called Deathmatch Wrestling the horror of uh, the horror movie of wrestling, and it really is what it's got. to Remember, it, it's a work. It's still a work. It's not. It, you know, people aren't trying to kill each other necessarily. You know, <laughs> this. You know, these are some of the best, like stuntmen, shootmen. I don't know what. What would you call? What would be? Uh, what's a good? Uh, when you want to hire someone to be a stunt guy in a movie and you can't afford the really expensive guy, get a fucking wrestler. They'll do almost anything for you. On the on the set of on the set of Paradise Alley, the uh, the actual stuntmen were giving the wrestlers a hard time. Terry Funk was on that one. Stan Hansen was there doing stuff. Uh, Ted DiBiase was there before he was famous, and they were and. You know, all the stuntmen were like, you know, what are all these wrestlers doing here? And Stallone stopped everybody. And this story's told by Munchville. He's like, this fight scene, we've gotten done with them today. What We get done with you in a week and a half, so shut the fuck up. Wow. So, you know, it, yeah. there's, a, there's a long history of using wrestlers as stuntmen in movies. Because, I mean, yeah. they, they, they get their entire living is making you believe they're trying to kill someone without actually killing them. So, I mean, who else do you want working on your movie? 
my my daughter or my my kid actually said to me once like um they thought it was funny that Nathan and I bond over watching people that are trying to kick each other's ass, which actually aren't really trying to kick each other's ass. So yeah. hmm. <laughs> I thought that was funny. So I was like, yeah, sure. I see what you're saying. Cause you know, but really, yeah. isn't, isn't that the crux of a lot of the movies we watch too? Yeah. Well, it's, true. it's really weird. Cause I never watch like, MMA or boxing or kickboxing very much, you know, maybe during the Olympics, but I don't watch it on a regular basis, but I do watch wrestling. And I think it's the theatricality of it that makes me like it so much because it really is a, a big show, especially live. There's all these lights and cameras and, and, you know, people and chanting and crowds, even on the indie level. Like, DCW has some of the craziest crowds I've ever witnessed in my entire life. And it's actually terrifying. I'm surprised the wrestlers don't get ripped apart as they're walking onto the stage. Uh, You know, it's it's like, you know, Nick Gage, he should be dead, like, eight times over, like, because of that. He did die. Oh. Well, not because of the audience ripped him apart. No, but he he actually died in a match, and they brought him back in the helicopter on the way to the hospital. What so, the? What? French? And uh, watch his Dark Side of the Ring. He, he has not Dark only, Side of the Ring. Not only is I, he uh, the only person to actually die in a death match, he also then went and robbed a bank. Without <laughs> a mask. Was in prison for a long time, then came back, and is now one of the biggest stars on the indie circuit. So, oh my god, that's <laughs> insane. He also wrestled David Arquette. Um, yeah, he wrestled David Arquette. Almost killed uh, him. Nice. But yeah, um, well. it's it's um oh, it's, it's quite a story. Do the Dark Side of the Ring episode. He's also one of the few people on that show that actually. Because um, that show's good. Even it's a documentary, so it's really good no matter what the subject matter is, honestly. But um, we all, we always joke that the ti- we always joke that the unofficial title of the show is "And Then They Did a Bunch of Cocaine and Died." Well, that's me <laughs> too, in particular. Uh, so, he, he's yeah. one, he's one of the only people who's been the subject of of, of an episode that is still and been alive. alive. Yeah, he's actually alive. And 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 New Jack had an episode, and he got to be on his own episode, and then died before airing, if I remember right. Uh, wow. So you know, so there's all there's a lot of stuff going on 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 Dark Side of the Ring, so we do recommend that. Uh, not the, not, but we're digressing, uh, or I'm digressing because <laughs> this is an Oscar episode. But you know, uh, anything else we're planning to do coming up? So anyway, go see Drew. My friend Drew in L.A. at XPW and Hardcore Hillbilly, April 22nd. Um, and he's just on a fucking hot streak right now. I'm really proud of him. And I'm glad Necro Butcher, who's one of the – even Moxley is Russell Necro Butcher, uh, is, is taking him under his wing. It's pretty cool and cute and awesome. So um, um, anything else? You have some food? What? No. I said I have oh. something to plug. Oh, you got something to plug. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That's not, that's not Are you hungry or something? <laughs> I, no, I'm not. But actually, now I'm thinking about it. I'm like, I've got, like, peanut butter pretzels in the 
for it. I might go get some. Anyway, uh, go ahead. Maybe you weren't hungry. But <laughs> while you're looking for a snack, <laughs> maybe. Um, I have a new Facebook page. It is called Witch Please. Uh, and I offer free oracle, uh, tarot, and medicine card readings. And they're always free, but I do accept tips. 50% of the tips go to a different nonprofit each month. The nonprofit this month is White Pony Express. They help get food to people who do not have a way to get it. And we've already made our first donation. So uh, go on Facebook, look up Witch Please. I think there's one that's a clothing clothing brand that's all one word, but mine has a comma because I am not a savage. It has a picture of a hand holding a crescent moon. And, uh, you know, I only have like 78 likes so far, but I've done four readings on it so far and um, five stars for each reading so far. Nice. Good job. Nice. Congratulations. Uh, I'll do a free reading for you. Awesome. All right. What, what's your else? avatar? It's a palm and open hand holding a crescent moon with like mushrooms I and think, stars. I think that's you. I can uh, thank you. Hmm. Yes, please and thank you. Yes, please yeah. send me one too. You got it. Which please? Drop, drop <laughs> it in the thread. Um, so sure. yeah, but that's pretty much it. Um, I have a lot of things coming up in the summer. There's a few concerts and stuff, but we'll think we'll talk about those when we get closer to it. Um, I don't know when our next show is going to be. Uh, there was actually, um, um, I had a show lined up on the March 1st that didn't happen. Uh, so we ended up a month apart, um, which was okay. It was a blessing in disguise because my, it was very stressful because I was right during the mid of my move, um, you know, where my stuff arrived. It was uh, uh, an interesting experience. Uh, but that's huh. over now. Yay, well, sort of. Yay. We got a lot of unpacking to do. Um, so, um, but um, it's all good. So uh, I don't know when, but very soon, either in the mid-April or mid-May, I haven't decided yet. I will be announcing the Madness theme for this year, the Halloween Horror Movie Marathon Madness, which happens every Halloween season. There is a theme this year. It is a lock. We already know what one of the uh, – uh, we know what the watch party is going to be this year because I didn't have one last year. Um, we're gonna, I'm gonna let uh, Nathan curate it this year, but this year only, Nathan. You know, I hear all no, of you groaning. I get final. <laughs> I, I get final Why edit on that. I get final okay, edit on, on that. So uh, don't worry. No, it's not going to be a video nasty year. It's going to be much more boobs and blood and stuff. So that that stuff's still going to be there. So, <laughs> but anyway, uh, well, that I really so. hurts me. I got to be honest. I really got to be I, honest. I, I, I was not kidding when I said, do not let Nathan curate anything ever again. <laughs> and I'm not speaking just for myself. I'm speaking for at least 10 people who privately DM'd me and asked me this. <laughs> well, no, this year, don't so, worry. I actually... I've actually I'm helping him curate it, so I know which films that we haven't narrowed down to. I mean, I get a final approval. Okay. All right. So, you're gonna trust me. Get this 
I am I am the benevolent overlord. Um, it's a it's a subject all of us love, and it'll mm-hmm. be a lot of fun. And uh, I'm not going to let um, there's gonna, there's already been a madness first with this theme, and I will talk about that during wow. the announcement. Uh, so uh, it, it's it's going to be a fun year, and I think we'll it it'll be um, it'll be a very accessible year. You won't have to have a lot of film knowledge, uh, you know, hi- film history under your belt. Some years you have to have some film history under your belt. This year we just got to enjoy the fucking movie. So it'll be nice. Um, so we'll get to that soon. Uh, we, like I said, we have a lot of stuff to talk about. WonderCon is when, Aaron? WonderCon is Friday the 24th, Saturday the 25th, and Sunday the 26th of this month, March. Okay, so it's coming up. So It's coming up, um, and then, um, as we mentioned before, uh, Jesus Christ Superstar is at the Frida in Santa Ana. The same night they're doing, at the Frida in a separate theater, they're doing Halloween 3, Season of the Witch. Kind of sad I'm going to miss that. And uh, in Costa Mesa, one of my absolute favorite musicians on the planet Earth, Paul Williams is giving a concert, and I'm going to miss that. I'm sorry to say, but hopefully I can find him somewhere else in Southern California. And then uh, let's see, on uh, 25th, 26th, and 27th, Brett Goldstein from Ted Lasso, uh, and actually I guess now from uh, Thor Love and Thunder, uh, is going to be – uh, in L.A. at the Largo Theater doing his stand-up with various other performers. And uh, then Pally Fest, or Paley Fest, I should say, starts up the end of the month. And uh, amazingly, tickets are still available for a lot of different shows. I'm going on the 31st Friday uh, when cast and crew of The Mandalorian will be talking about the show, and I'm really excited for that. All right, so WonderCon is 24th, 25th, 26th, but you also have something Correct. going on on the 31st. But would you rather talk about the Mandalorian thing or would you rather talk about WonderCon? I mean, we usually do a WonderCon episode. Yeah, let's do WonderCon. All right, then let's let's Tennessee pencil in the 29th. How's that? In two weeks, and we'll have a WonderCon recap. And also, you'll the the thing that you and uh, Raven are going to do together, you get to recap that yay. as well. I'll be really excited for hear that. Uh, so no yay! Doubt. So awesome. So okay, that, that sounds like a date. What do you think? Twenty ninth. So we'll we'll tentatively set our next podcast date for the twenty ninth. Maybe we'll try. I'm still trying to land some guests. I've been having trouble getting guests. Everyone's so busy right now, which is a good thing. Yeah, but I've got more feelings out, and I'm waiting for some responses. It's been tag teaming. Yeah, but um, see if we can get a because uh, I think it's time for another guest for sure. So, but uh, yeah. that was Oscars, and we'll come back on the twenty ninth, and Aaron will lead off with a WonderCon recap, and there will be a lot of I'm sure big news from WonderCon this year. Uh, especially since they're really setting up a huge San Diego Comic Con this this summer. Uh, yeah. So I mean, this is going to be one of the biggest San Diego Comic Cons in a long time. Uh, so, uh, but and of course we'll talk about that too because sure. you know, Comic Con, but not yet. Yeah. So anyway, I'm going to um, 
leave everyone tonight with yes, yes, Raven. Oh, we'll talk. I'm. <laughs> <laughs> she, she's giving me her vote, what she thinks she is, it is, but I'm not going to answer you right now, Raven. All right, soon, but not yet. Um, so um, we'll be back on the 29th, and we'll have uh, uh, Aaron do the recap of WonderCon, and we'll talk about anything else we've done in the next week or so. Uh, and uh, you can always find us on Facebook, Archivist Bets on Sexy Witches page. But honestly, the best way to get all the news you need is my personal profile, Elizabeth Catherine Gray, on Facebook. I pretty much everything's up there, everything. Uh, and we have Facebook groups called the FB Film Geek Circle, which is a more general film group. And then we have the Rogues Apache Station, which is a small but, but significant science fiction group. I really love that group so much. And then, of it's course, you have the Halloween Horror Movie Marathon Madness, which is currently just a fan site for horror films, but is starting to slowly rumble with the actual purpose of that of that fan page, the craziest wildest binge film contest on facebook and on social media period so uh, then we'll talk about that in a few weeks so raven give your give your digits and say good night to the people out there <laughs> my digits are um <laughs> i know actually alpha cool not numeric right? but it's cool it's cool <laughs> on, on twitter at Raven Looney, R-A-V-Y-N-L-O-O-N-Y. I am on Facebook as Raven Jasper Hawk. And, of course, you can get a free oracle or tarot reading from me on Witch Please on Facebook. All right. And, Mr. Nathan, plug your stuff and say goodnight to the peoples out there. Good night, everybody. I don't really have anything to plug at the moment, so I will say this coming Wednesday, everybody go to Fathom Events, find a theater near you, the show in Tokyo SOS, and go watch some kaijus. Right on. Always use some kaijus. And Aaron, plug your stuff. Where can they find you on the interwebs when you're not being suspended? (laughs) (laughs) Kind of true. Kind of true. You can find me on the Twitter, tweet, 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 at Aaron Sama, 1313. You can find me on the Book of Face, as Winslow Leach. Uh, for those of you who are following the fans, I don't have to explain to you the significance of Winslow Leach. Currently, uh, there's a, like two or three Winslow Leaches on there, but uh, I'm the uh, the rock with the googly eyes. And it's also St. Patrick's Day. So good night, my sexy witches. Thank you for being on the show, and thank you for everyone listening. And we're leaving with Bucko 9 tonight, the Irish drinking song. Good film hunting. Blessed be. Good night, everyone. Hey. My wife said I have had an that said I'm sick. Get out! So I stumbled down to Kelly's pub across the edge of town. And I told the boys my story, and we had another round.
think she died. I'll admit it sounded weep. For Mary McGregor finally got some sleep. Drink it, 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 drink it,